Welcome to Voices, a podcast brought to you by the Seneca Valley School District. This is Jeff Krakoff. I'm with Dr. Tracy Vital, Superintendent of Schools for Seneca Valley. Uh, Dr. Vital, you know, I know you've been a teacher, you've been a principal, you've been the assistant superintendent, and you've had your current role at Seneca Valley uh, since 2011. So you've you've seen education from a lot of perspectives. Um, when we're talking about COVID-19, the pandemic, getting everybody back to school, there, there, there's been a lot of phases, right? Things have changed quite a bit. Things are changing, it seems, weekly, sometimes daily. Uh, what kind of challenges does that present for you? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges has been the fluidity and the fact that schools are typically planners. We plan our school calendar in February prior to the next school year. That's how far out school systems plan. And overall, administrators in school systems and teachers, we intuitively are planners. As a matter of fact, when I think about opening teacher in service day, which we would under normal circumstances open this Friday for over 900 employees, we begin planning that almost a year and a half in advance. And so the biggest, one of the biggest challenges of this pandemic has been for a school system, especially a large school system like Seneca Valley, to plan and to prepare our parents for what's coming. And in a pandemic, um, even the best plans just um, have been difficult. And I think you know, from a parent perspective, I too am a parent, it's been difficult to plan for my own children and what their school system might do. And the fluidity of this is what we're thinking today, but by tomorrow that could change based on the pandemic, based on local case numbers, based on state case numbers, based on new guidance from the CDC, from the Pennsylvania Department of Health, from the Pennsylvania Department of Education, from the American Academy of Pediatrics, all of these sources that we are relying on for good vetted research information and best practices are changing with the pandemic, as they should. Mm -hmm. But it's been very difficult, uh, not for us to pivot, because also as educators, we tend to be pretty innovative and we understand we need to pivot and be flexible. But in order for us to pivot and be flexible and then move the ship or turn the ship is even more difficult in a large school district. Right, right. So if you think about schools, it's been for a long time, schools and school systems, they've really been built to, to work in person during certain scheduled times. How has that changed your thinking as we, as we work our way through this pandemic? Well, I would say at Seneca Valley, we're very lucky that we had our own full-time cyber program for a, a little over 12 years. So I think Seneca Valley was positioned a little better than most in that we were already changing our thinking and offering environments where students could take part-time hybrid in-person or full-time cyber classes. And so because we were already leading in this notion that school can be anywhere, anytime, that helped. But the overall system and what our parents wanted for the most part hasn't changed 
traditionally as a system because parents are still attending to a work schedule that is primarily that eight to four, eight to five, nine to five kind of system, unless our, unless our parents are in a um, high tech environment, uh, unless they're working for a company that has been flexible and already had remote working hours from home. But for the most part, our parents are still in these traditional workplace environments. Even if they're working from home, the hours still are eight to five, you know, that daytime environment. Right. And so schools have been built from the beginning of time in the United States to complement the work schedule of parents. So that has been challenging for a school system to talk to our parents about, well, just go back to March when the pandemic started and many of us were sheltering in place and many parents were, but our employees that were working, you know, our parents that were working in grocery stores or hospitals or feeding our children here at Seneca Valley, our cafeteria employees and our custodian maintenance staff, they were deemed, um, you know, vital and necessary employees for the school system and the buildings to keep them up and running um, it, it, to a certain extent. So they have been coming in since, since March and they have not missed a beat. But many of our parents were sheltering in place per their company procedures. And so I think many of them thought, okay, we'll do this for March, April, May, we can get through this. And they thought like many, once Pennsylvania or parts of Pennsylvania got back to the green phase, then we were just going to open and things would be pre-COVID like they were in February. And I think many have been shocked and surprised to find that this is the new normal, that we're not going back to pre-COVID anytime soon. We're not going back to normal behaviors or um, normal patterns like we did, like we had in February. And that's been almost a grieving process for our community and for so many of us that we won't go back to that kind of normal anytime soon. Right. So, so you, you brought up a good point. It, a lot of parents, people in the community, they may have flexible workplaces, they may not. Is it fair to say that schools are an important component of keeping families employed? Absolutely. We are a huge part of the economic machine. Whether educators want to admit that or not, while our number one goal is academics and instruction, the reality is many parents rely on schools to take care of children and educate them during the day so that they can be part of the economic engine. So while we feel a huge responsibility to bring our children back in face to face because we know from a mental health perspective, the psychologists and the mental health professionals are telling us children need some of this face to face instruction, even if it's a small amount, even if it's not five days a week, they need to have some normal activities to get through this pandemic as well from a mental health perspective. We also know that a second piece of this is we need to find some sense of normalcy for our children so that their parents can attend to their work schedules as well. We own that and we understand that and we're empathetic about it. Right, right. 
So, so as I followed, you know, Seneca Valley's back to school plan, as well as other districts throughout the area, throughout the country, you know, I've been hearing so many different terms, everything from in-person, remote, hybrid, cohort. Is, is there a difference between the terms hybrid instruction and a cohort model? And, and if so, what are those differences? At Seneca Valley, there is a difference because pre-COVID, we had many choices for our students because we had the uh, Seneca Valley uh, Cyber Academy of Choice. Mm -hmm. We already had many opportunities pre-COVID for students to customize their schedules. So hybrid was something we were already focused on pre-COVID when it came to customizing and offering options for our families and our students. During COVID, we have begun to think about hybrid in a different way. And so cohort is defined at Seneca Valley as 50% capacity. So we take the entire alphabet, we divide it in half. We put half of those students at the beginning of the alphabet in cohort A, the end of the alphabet in cohort B, and we bring students in every other day. So cohort A is Monday, Wednesday, cohort B is Tuesday, Thursday, Everyone is on remote learning on Fridays, where teachers are checking in with students, conducting virtual office hours, conducting uh, virtual tutoring sessions. Mm -hmm. And in the cohort model, it allows us to be at half the capacity to better achieve social distancing. Our school board agreed to move to the cohort model, and they decided to do that to ease into this, so that if there are any kinks any bugs we need to work out, we have four weeks to do that with the hope that by October 5th, we would have students coming face-to-face -face five days a week if that's something that our families chose. We do have 5,540 families, students at this point mm -hmm. who have elected for the face-to-face -face instruction in the cohort model. So if you divide that in half, that's how many students will be arriving for the first four weeks. We have about 1,129 students who have opted for full-time cyber at home, that remote instruction. And we have about 250 families that are still deciding uh, what they're going to do for the fall. So at Seneca Valley, cohort means dividing the kids in half so that we can better achieve a lot of the safety protocols. Now come October 5th, we need to have worked through those safety protocols and we need to have them down. If you think about the businesses that opened back up in April, just watching how some of our retail businesses have worked through this, we've learned a lot from them. I hold a seat on the Butler Health System Board, learning from them how our hospitals shut down and they opened in phases. We think as a school district, we've learned a lot from our retail businesses, from our community <clears throat> Um, community outreach programs and we've learned a lot from our local hospital and how we can go about doing this so we've chosen to start in the cohort model the board will reevaluate this cohort model by the end of September to decide should we stay in cohort or open up for those 5,540 students in a full-blown face-to-face five-day-a-week model Okay. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. So hybrid is more mode of instruction in person versus remote. Uh, cohort is all about dividing the students just to manage uh, in school. Great. Yes. 
So well, you're getting back to one of the things you said earlier, you talked about maybe it's a little bit of a mourning grieving process of how things used to be because we are in a, in a new world here. I've heard from parents, uh, their, their, their kids, from teachers about how much they miss the interaction with each other. Teachers are missing their students, students are missing their teachers. How important is this um, staying engaged and having one-on-one -on -one discussions between faculty and, and students and families? You know, we learned a lot since March in a short amount of time and the research continues to evolve each day. When you look at the intersection between public health and public education. And what we've learned is that students do need to stay connected to their teachers, whether it's virtual or face to face. So even if we go back to a model where we have to shelter in place, we hope we don't. But the reality is we are prepared to do that. And we are prepared to do that better than what we did in March, April, May. So the, the thinking now in, in public schools, at least at Seneca Valley is, I personally need to be prepared to work tomorrow morning from this office at the school where I'm sitting or from my office at home in the basement. And I need to be able to carry my things that are vitally important to my work back and forth. Mm -hmm. And I need to be able to pivot every night and every morning. And we're training teachers with that. And we're talking to them about this year is a COVID year. We've accepted that. It will not be business as usual. So how do we make sure the instruction continues? How do we make sure, regardless of where, what chair we're sitting in tomorrow morning, how do we make sure that we are staying connected to children? It's vitally important. Mental, from a mental health perspective, it's vitally important that we are staying connected with our students and with our families. Mm. And so we are prepared to do that. And that's why we're having a significant amount of in-person training for our teachers in the next two weeks to work on live streaming, to work on how do we conduct and not miss a step. We can't afford to pause on education this year. So how do we every night go home prepared to deliver instruction no matter what seat we're sitting in as a teacher, as an educator, or as an administrator? All right. Well, well, thank you so much. So if I'm a parent uh, listening to this, what, what's, what's the main takeaway? What do I need to be thinking about as, as school is about ready to begin? If, you know, and I am a parent, so I think I can speak from the mom perspective. I need to be prepared that should my home school need to pivot to a cohort model, to a five-day-a-week model in person, or to um, complete shelter in place, which could happen again, like it did in March. I need to pre be prepared with backup plans of how that impacts me and possibly my work schedule, how it impacts my spouse or significant others work schedule. What support systems do I have in place? I need not to be afraid to ask for help from my neighbors, from my community, from my faith-based organization. And I need to have those plans prepared and talk through this with my children because this will be a year like no other. But we can, it is my personal belief, we can coexist with this virus. We cannot afford mentally to shelter in place for long periods of time again. But if we have to, we need to be prepared mentally. 
we need to accept that I'm choosing a mode of instruction for my students and I need not to perseverate about that. I need to make the choice, go with it, make it work. That I need to be flexible, flexible, flexible this year, like no other year. And this will not be easy, but we will get through it and we will get through it together. And parents should not be trying to prepare backup plans alone. They need to ask for help and they need to be willing to accept help. And I think sometimes in America, we're very proud people and we are afraid to say we don't know. We are afraid of the unknown and we are afraid to ask for help. And we need to be brave in this moment for our children because we can get through this and we will get through this. Okay, so, so again, if, if I'm a parent and I realize that I do need help, uh, any suggestions and, and, and resources available to me? Neighbors, family, faith-based organizations, maybe ones that you don't even belong to mm -hmm. are willing to help. Many of them have web pages that you can go to, and the first thing on their web page is, I need help, or I'm looking for help. Right. Calling the school. We have a director of advancement that's working closely with our foundation just this week. She has helped families match with daycare centers or backup plan situations. And I think planning now in the next three weeks will be vital, but that plan cannot be just plan B. It needs to be plan B because something may go wrong in plan B, plan C and plan D. If this happens, we'll do this. If this, and then talking through that with our children about it's okay if the plans change in the morning or the plans change the night before, it's okay. We can get through this and this is how we plan to do it. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know this is an extremely busy time of year. Uh, Dr. Tracy Vitale, again, thanks. And here's to a, to a wonderful getting back to school this fall. Thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. All right. Take care.